Welcome to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, you enjoyed today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Brody. Hello. Shannon. Hello. James. Hello. James. Uh, uh, howdy. <laughs> and Kieran. Hello. I thought I would just do that and see what sort of chaos it caused. <laughs> James B. asserting his dominance. <laughs> we have James W. here today joining us, of course, uh, to share his preview, hands-on preview, I should add, of Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. We're going to get to that in a second, along with a potential unannounced game in the works at Insomniac and some of the characters coming to Mortal Kombat 1, James. That's a special topic just for you. Uh, but first, Kieran. You yes. had a sneak peek of the upcoming Twisted Metal series. I think it's only days away, maybe even tomorrow. As the of day after the tomorrow? Publishing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the show? I think you've been able to watch the first couple of episodes. Yeah, I, I got to watch the first three episodes. And actually, James W. can probably speak to this a bit as well, because I know he's seen them. Oh, sick. Um, I have seen them, yeah. It, I mean, to put it bluntly, it's it's dumb as hell. But I, it's one of those, like, it's a literal car crash that you can't look away from, is, is my experience of it so far, at least. Um, I just, like, I, I've immediately, almost immediately stopped caring about most of the characters and most, at, at least, <laughs> at least like, the B-plots, at least, like, the, the more, like, human stuff it tries to introduce. But, um, like, the, the main cast is, mm. is pretty compelling. It's silly. It's violent. It's got, like, I guess what you would look for in, in that sort of series. Um. I'm not hanging out to see more of it, but I I definitely will watch the rest of it just to to see how it unfolds. Yeah, all right, J- James W. I might rope you in then as well, seeing as you've seen it too. Kieran's described it as dumb, but is it dumb fun? Uh, I mean, your mileage will vary. Uh, I think uh, you know. I I agree that like I don't particularly care about any of the characters. It is really dumb. Um, like I kind of said in my like sort of early impressions, like. I don't know what to make of this thing because it's just, it swings wildly between trying to do authentic drama, which is God awful. And then trying to do comedy, which is sometimes fine. Um, so it, it just kind of, it's a strange, strange show. It's very violent as well, which I guess makes sense, but yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's not too different from what my expectations were for the show yeah. going into it. Uh, Shannon, I wanted to ask you about Gran Turismo as well, seeing as there's a trailer out for that, but let me pick your brains on, you haven't, have you seen the Gran Turismo trailer? I, uh, I think so. I saw one before one of the movies I saw in the last week. I don't know if it was that one, but I, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't look great to me. Like nothing about it screams interesting. Between these vehicular themed video game adaptations, then which one would you prioritize over the other? Maybe just you're walking away from both of them at this point. Go see Barbie again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Twisted Honestly. Metal, like, interests me because, like, there's characters I know about where Gran Turismo, like, there is no main characters and I'm not a car person. Mm. So, like, Vroom Vroom doesn't excite me on the track. <laughs> <laughs> so, Twisted Metal excites me more, but uh, I don't know if I'll watch it either, to be honest. I'm more likely to, to watch Twisted Metal, I think. It- yeah, I think I would rather see Gran Turismo, but there's no way I'm racing out to the cinema to see it. Uh, we've uh, injected so many car puns into all of this. This has been amazing. Um, mileage will vary. Start your me. engine. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Et cetera. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. The fact that Gran Turismo is like based on that true story and it's got Dave Harbour in there and um, what's the other guy? Orlando Bloom was in it, which I didn't realize until it's I like saw the It's like AAA trailer. blockbuster. Like it, yeah. yeah. 
kind of kind yes. of wild. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that might they're not be. putting their brakes on <laughs> that cast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. We need to. We, we need, need to stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Red light. This whole conversation is just running on um, empty. Shut up. All right, let's let's just get podcast straight can't into be topped from here. Just <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming, James W. You have played Armored Core Six: Fires of Rubicon, a hands-on preview, which uh, I think differs from when Brody was able to see it um, earlier at not E3, Summer Game Fest. Um, I'm eager to see, hear, eager to hear what you thought of the game, having gone hands-on. Obviously, it's hugely anticipated. But for us, explain to us what you were able to play of the game. Yeah, so I got about six hours in, which was like effectively the game's entire first act. You know, there was no uh, obscured loading or anything like that. They just put you in from the very beginning and let me run through until the end of the first like major narrative beat. Nice. And so... Uh, like, I guess in that period of the game that you're sort of experiencing, what sort of battles were you able to experience? Were you like coming up against some boss fights? Did you get a good kind of flavor of, I guess, the loop that you're going to go through in the game? Yeah. So the the idea here is that like Armored Core has always been mission structured and they have stayed with that. Like you'd think given mm. the success of Elden Ring, I think a lot of people were expecting something a bit more freeform and open. Um, but this is very much just menu based. Some of these missions run you like five minutes tops. Like they're super easy. You just blast through very mech power fantasy. Uh, and then right. other ones are taking on giant bosses at the end of like a 20 minute run in a relatively big, but not huge, like open zone. So mission to mission is going to vary quite a bit. And there's also individual training missions you can take on that unlock like new stuff for your mech as well so um it, you're not really sure what is going to come next uh which yeah. you know is a great thing obviously it kept the experience really fresh okay i can't say i have much experience with an armor game or armored core games i think i played one on the ds does that sound right was the one i'm not sure that sounds right. the time or was that just but... another mech game <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <Pilot> just... <wings. laughs> clearly i was not paying any attention to what was on the box cover back in the ds games um the game's pitched as a soft reboot though uh assuming it pulls that off like how does it appeal to both legacy armored core fans but then also kind of attract newer fans that are maybe more familiar with the souls like from software games of late yeah, like the, I guess the easiest way to describe that is that it still has very much the capital V vibes of an Armored Core game. Like the, if you are familiar with the entire series up until this point, you know, very like late stage capitalism, slight post-apocalyptic vibes going on. Um, you know, all of that still very much exists within this game. It, it maintains that quite well. That mission structure is obviously back as well. And so like the moment to moment sure. of this experience is still very much Armored Core for Armored Core fans. Um, but, you know, I think they talked about this at um, not, e3 as well the idea that from software couldn't have gotten to where they've gotten to now without learning something from this experience of you know being exposed to a mass market the way they have through dark souls and bloodborne and Elden ring and so you've got a game designer who's come over from bloodborne and sekiro into this and that's very obvious in the way that they do like yeah there's estus flask essentially um there are little like uh portable bonfires that fly out to you where you can rebuild your mech during a mission and whatnot um it does seem it's conscious of the fact that like a lot of people are going to be picking this up just because it is a FromSoft game. Um, and yeah. so there is a fair bit of soft onboarding in the beginning. Like I have never put hands on an armored core before. I've just experienced it entirely through like let's plays and YouTube retrospectives. Um, and I was able to pick this up within like five minutes. It's, it's very easy to jump in for a new person while not, right. you know, sort of getting rid of anything that I think armored core fans want. 
And I suppose uh, the story as well, like you that you seem to call that out quite notably in your review, yeah. and it seemed to kind of capture your interest in it maybe more than you anticipated. Mm-hmm. Like again, as a, a newcomer to the franchise, was it like the kind of lore and the world, like it all sufficiently interested you and felt like you could jump straight in at 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 six. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's so strange that they stuck with like putting six in the title. This could have just been Armored Core Fires of Rubicon pretty easily because you know yeah. they have explicitly said we're just soft rebooting continuity. Sort of, I think a lot of times when they do these numbered sequels, um, like yeah. Armored Core as a franchise is not opposed to just starting over with its stuff while still maintaining those numbered sequels. Um, but the story of this game reminds me of like very, it's very from soft, you know, it's very esoteric. It's very, mm. there's strange stuff going on with sort of the uh, sci-fi magic ish background of this world. Um, the front lines is, you know, a revolutionary war between a massive cabal of corporations and a bunch of people who are just fighting for their home planet, which is like um, the, the actual planet there. Like, yeah, it just, it, it does a lot of things that I think FromSoft does very well, which is, you know, obscure the narrative, but dole it out in little, like in, in between combat, like little notes and stuff that you can find. It just, it feels very built for someone like me who is both a fan of FromSoft and also mildly curious about Armored Core. Yeah, the story tends to be delivered in a very different way, I suppose, for yeah. in from software games. Um, then getting to go hands on with it, um, playing through the combat and the combat and its systems. What mechanics did you enjoy the most? What stood out? It's just really fast, I guess, like is, is the best way to describe it. Like it's very, very smooth. I think Armored Core has like a, a bit of a reputation amongst people for being like the reverse controller kind of grip, you know, the idea that like this thing is so impenetrable to actually control. And this just controls like a relatively well-playing third-person action game. You know, like your, your mech is equipped with this kind of infinite boost, which means you're just kind of jet skiing sort of all around the place. It's very smooth. It's very seamless. Uh, on top of that, you get up to four weapons to use at any given moment. Um, it does cause for, I, I noted this in my preview, but like there's so much visual and audio stimulation going on at once. And that definitely takes a lot to sort of wrap your head around. Um, but it just plays well. Everything feels very satisfying. Everything is quite meaty. The managing different cooldowns of guns and energy weapons and whatnot all just it's, it snaps into place. It's a lot to keep in mind when you're playing, but like by the time you're you know, two hours into this, your fingers are just doing like six different things at once, and the game has subtly taught you all of that in a really nice way. Did it feel punishing in the same way that From Software Games often can be? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, there's no real way around it. Like I think that some of the foot, like two hours of the footage I had was on bosses basically, just because yeah. I would get, you know, steamwalled every time kind of thing. Um, yeah. The very last boss of the preview was, I, I didn't beat it. I, I could not see that final cutscene. I, I got to hear about it, but um, I, I could not get it past that final boss. Um, and, you know, I think coming off of Elden Ring where you were able to just go in a different direction and maybe respect mm. pretty easily. Um, I think that is going to be slightly off-putting for some people because this game is it, I mean, it can be quite punishing, but it also has those moments, like I was saying before, about those really big power fantasy moments, you know, where you've got like all these little mechs on the run from you and like you intercept their comm chatter and they're talking about how like how big and strong you are basically as you're gunning them down. And so it does give you a, a good sense of feeling empowered in that mech and then immediately rips it away again in a very so- from soft way. Yeah, I'm sure your answer to that question will like both delight and disappoint people in like equal measure. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah. people are continuously like, I mean, personally, I'm kind of similar. Like, I'm always fascinated by what From Software do, but really struggle with how mm-hmm. it just disrespects your time um, <laughs> here and there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of glad for the people that do love their brand in the game that it's not shying away from were they, doing things. Were they all like that? 
were they all like really tough? All the bosses, Solzy. No, like all um, Armored Core games. Like, have they always been that, or have they just adapted it to be that? Uh, no, no, they, they've always been that. FromSoft has always been, I mean, like across all of their games, except for a handful, they they love esoteric, difficult design choices. Um, they, they'll always make you do a little bit of extra work to to get to the meat of what they're doing. Um, this is just, yeah, it's baked into the franchise. Mm. Uh, Brody, you saw some of the game at E3, as uh, we mentioned, not E3 even. <laughs> you can tell I'm struggling with it today. Summer Game Fest. Uh, what has stood out to you about James's experience with the game? Yeah, um, earlier when he was speaking, uh, I got the sense that they might have made this one maybe a tad more uh, accessible to people from, you know, not coming mm. with the background of the franchise. But at the end there, he sort of turned the corner and gave me the impression that it actually is going to be uh, <laughs> quite punishing. And the fact so, that there's like a tutorial that you can't miss, presumably, is yeah. an improvement. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, having, having watched the game, um, you know, for 30 minutes or so, I definitely got the sense that they were doing things to try and make it you know, more manageable, like like James mentioned, being able to respec mm. your mech in between missions and stuff if you, like, hit a wall. But it sounds like if you really hit a wall, that's not necessarily going to help you too much. So to hear that it's still, like, super punishing, it, like, does turn me off a little bit. But um, similarly, I'm, I'm very interested in, like, the world building of uh, FromSoft games. It's just mm. I find them so inaccessible just due to time and skill ceiling of my own, really. So, um, yeah, to hear that it's still punishing is a bit of a shame for me. But to, it's what the fans want, I suppose. So, to query you a little bit more about about the mechanics and the game feel, I suppose, then James, like the is there an emphasis in any way on like I'm I'm coming at this, I suppose, only with the history of like Souls games, like Bloodborne, Elden Ring. Like, is there any emphasis on like parrying and dodging and all of that, or is it a bit of a different approach? Uh, not really. Um, so th- there is the idea of in-, in Sekiro, you know, the, you have the ability to like break away at an enemy's stamina. And eventually once yeah. you sort of broke through that initial bar, like you could deal massive damage and that system yeah. very much exists here. I didn't notice it so much in the moment to moment gameplay in bosses. It matters a huge amount, that sort of war of attrition that you can get into. Um, but other than that, a lot of it is long distance shooting basically mm-hmm. like you you are also equipped with a melee that you can like speed boost in and, and get a few hits in um but a lot of the times distance and mobility is is your best friend basically um okay. so you're not going to be parrying necessarily would it be fair then to like maybe to compare it something like resogun like that's your description over there mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of having to just like evade walls of bullets <laughs> yeah. it was kind of like yeah. a test of your agility and your mobility more so than getting yes. timing right on end of thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. All right. Okay. Suddenly I'm back in because I <laughs> loved Resogun. Uh, not Resogun. Um, Returnal. Did I say yeah. Returnal? Yeah. yeah. You um, said Resogun. Yeah. Did I? I meant Returnal. Anyhow. Oh, I, yes. <laughs> same vibe? Yeah. yeah. Same, same, same. Yeah, yeah. okay, cool. I'd also <laughs> say, like, I only got through that when co-op was added, so maybe I need co-op added to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I would I would love to have had co-op in this, but, like, and same with, like, I would have wanted an open world with this as well, but having played so much of it now, like, the intensity you have to operate at for any given amount of time, it just wouldn't feel right to have another player zipping sure. around, yeah, yeah. It, like, doing those things with you. Um, but, you know, mid-boss fight as well, like, if you die, you can just completely rewield your mech. So there was a, a really, like, tanky guy that I had to go up against and mm. partway through i realized my current build wasn't working for me so i just jettisoned half my weaponry boosted my speed up a bunch and then just whipped around in the, the best i could and so it does give you tools to adapt around the difficulty but there is nowhere to go if you can't beat that wall which i mean yeah it, it is intimidating right 
Um, and is that like the the mech customization? Is that pretty malleable? You, it's not reliant on any kind of unlocks or like reskilling or. Uh, no, yeah. So it's not going to be like you know you have to have X amount of strength to to wield something. Um, the the way the mech seems to work is that like there is an energy core that you have to distribute across everything that you're using, um, as well as a weight meter to keep in mind, obviously, because the more shit you tack on, the slower you're going to be moving through this thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it seems fair. it's designed to be part of the core of the experience. You know, forgive the shitty pun, but like it, it's it's built into this franchise because that customization, the ability to even, you know, I could change like the amount of like weathering damage the paint had on individual components of my mech. Like they want you to to build something that's yours. Yeah. Um, and, and that stuff is is very accessible. All right, cool. Very cool. Uh, James B to come your way. I'm not quite sure what history you have with Armored Core, uh, but I know you've dabbled with From Software games more broadly. Where does Fires of Rubicon sit with you? Is it a day one purchase? Before I talk, is my voice coming? It is, yeah. Because I thought I had a chipmunk moment. Oh. Um, okay. I'm disappointed we didn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've played um, most of them. I don't think I ever liked them enough to finish them. Um, same with Chrome Hounds, which is also similar back in the day. I don't even played them on 362. Um, I guess like... My question for James, if you've played six hours of it, like, is is there still that aspect where, um, like, if you, at the end of each mission, you kind of had the, like, costs of operating your mech and shit were, like, deducted from, like, a currency system, and that always, even if you died, um, <laughs> you would still have those costs taken from you, and that, to me, like, you just would get into these, like, you'd kind of, like, lose your way into a corner effectively like is that still a thing here or have they like kind of relaxed on that a bit they're definitely relaxed on that so you, you will still have to like yeah. pay for your, your ammo and whatnot and any, anything you've consumed during the mission but if you die you just get reset back to a, a standard point there, there's no like continual mounting loss which sounds like a nightmare yeah it was it's yeah i don't like and that's my other question about this game i guess is like obviously i feel like i'm core like a lot of people obviously probably thought this was going to be like Dark Souls or Elden Ring because you can't really release a game like Armored Core today, charge $99 for it. Do you, like, I, know you, I know you can and they are, obviously. But does <laughs> it feel like, do you know what I mean? Like, does it feel like you just had, there was just a different type of game now mm-hmm. in terms of like what what got, what kind of flies for a AAA game like this? Um, does this feel like there's enough, like, I guess, depth to it? Um is it like kind of an in, in indication of like length? Um, like, is there a lot to it, I guess? Because the combat has, to me, has always been like, yes, it's been impenetrable in terms of controls and stuff. Uh, but like, is the actual combat loop interesting or are you just shooting shit? Like, is that it? Oh, I mean, like, I, I personally found it like very engaging. Like I said in the thing, but like mm-hmm. I, I did forget to blink several times. Like I was that kind of invested in, in what was going on on the screen and like the management of all your different cooldowns and ammo and energy meters i did find it it had some depth to me uh and then you add in the customization as well and so i, I do think it's a good little package and I, I do kind of i take your point about releasing a product like armored core now um especially with where FromSoft is at sort of it's it's public image at the moment as well like elden ring is an epic cinematic fantasy and armored core is like I guess a good example is there's no like character models. It's all just story delivered through static corporate images and like voiceover. Yeah. Like it's very disconnected from cinematic storytelling as we understand it in, in AAA gaming. And I do think that that is Bless definitely going to rub some people the wrong way. 
Um, but it, it doesn't seem to me like they've cut corners here. Like this isn't a, a budget like B team from soft experience. Like they, they do seem quite invested in what they've built here. Nice. Cause like, yeah, from, from soft used to be, you know, I don't know if anyone's old enough to remember this, but a lot of from soft games were like budget and shit. Yeah. Like they, they, there was never like this, like I said, like you, like you said, Elden Ring, something to that degree of like production values and stuff and even in the trailers of this this armored core you can see there is a lot more money and i guess just um effort going into them Mm -hmm. um so like it is a bit that's why like i guess i'm weary as to whether or not like six i feel like mech is like as a genre is kind of a a niche thing or maybe i've just like never been in the same circles with like yeah, I didn't. I didn't like people any, like Gundam fans or anything like that. But apart from like Transformers, like Zonotype. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Gundam. Yeah, that's niche. Yeah. I think I did research. It's it, interesting by the way. to it was think like Assault Phantom War that I played on the DS. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just googling like mech games on the DS, and then I recognized the cover, and it all came flooding back. <laughs> Would you say, James, like the combat is more like 1v1 in terms of like one big mech versus another, or is it more about like almost like Dynasty Warriors esque? Uh, is it a mix? D- definitely closer to 1v1 than Dynasty Warriors, but like mission to mission will vary. So th- there's a lot of times where you went up against um, just fodder cannon enemies, you know, that they weren't particularly mm-hmm. anything. And there was a lot of instances where you'd have one, two, or three high powered foes that you had to take on, and those fights could last up to five minutes just as they were. Um, and there was, there was more of those than just mindless shooting and everything I fought, you know, there was one set of enemies that completely turned invisible and just ruined my day. Um, so like it, it always found ways to, to keep individual combat engagements pretty fresh. Nice. I mean, if you think like that's to your po- earlier point, sorry, as well, like six hours for the first act, roughly, you know, obviously depending on skill, you're going to be able to get through this a lot faster. That's the same with any FromSoft game, though. Those games are quite short once you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I know difficulty levels either. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- yeah. I would imagine, <laughs> I don't know. 30 odd hours if you suck at it like i did so mate i'll i'll stretch it out to 60 hours watch me (laughs) (laughs) uh we'll go and check out uh james's full uh written preview of his time with armored core 6 and i'm sure in the not too distant future a full review too um but let Let's move on and talk about Insomniac and a potential third game they have in the works, an unannounced one. We, of course, know about Spider-Man 2 out soon and Wolverine as well. But if the comments of a relatively recent hire at Insomniac and project director Aaron Eberhardt are anything to go by, an unannounced project also exists. Uh, Shannon, I might come to you first on this one. What would you hope Insomniac are working on? Ugh, I'd always hope for another Ratchet and Clank, but I feel like I would like to see something different just because we've had one of those. Um, maybe new something I- PlayStation. New IP, you mean? I, I think so. I think I think even something PlayStation VR 2, like they made the Oculus VR game that escapes me at this point, the name of it. Mm. Um, but it was it was really good. So I'd love to see them do something with, with that tech. Maybe a new IP. Um Oh, I, I'd lo- I'm just going to say Jack and Daxter as well. Like, if, if, <laughs> if Naughty Dog aren't going to do that, I, I, Insomniac, I guess, can Give have it. To, to, yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> or just something smaller, like even like a Clank game. Like, I'd love, like, they used to do those little shorter experiences on PS3, like Quest for Be- Booty and stuff. So I'd love to see mm. more of those just like weekend experiences um, for some of the, the 
franchises from PlayStation that aren't getting as much love these days. Ape yeah. Escape. I'll it might be a good opportunity for them to do something quite different. Yeah, uh, Kieran, do you think we could continue to get Ratchet and Clank games in the future? Does in the current like pantheon of PlayStation games, so does Ratchet and Clank continue to serve a purpose? I think so. I think it. I think it taps an audience that that still exists. And I like. I was literally gonna like Shannon hit the nail on the head. Like I think something like a like a Quest for Booty slash Miles Morales sized experience would oh, yeah. work in that franchise just to keep it going, just to keep it fresh in people's minds. So like I wouldn't mm. be surprised if there is like a B or C team in, in Somniac working on something like that. Um obviously I'd like to see it because I, I love that franchise, but I'd also like to see Sunset Overdrive make a comeback because I feel like that that's kind of fell flat when the Xbox One wasn't mm. doing so well. And it'd be cool to see that comeback. Yeah, I feel like in like the kind of lineage of um insomniac games like sunset overdrive is overlooked but in many ways is kind of the precursor to the spider-man games that they put out um it's where like a lot of their traversal i feel like was like first experimented with and just like a very stylish game as well it'd be cool to see that come back um brody is there an insomniac game you would like to see come back we've kind of made mention of resistance do you think like given the ongoing discussion around um, Xbox and maybe Call of Duty only having 10 years left on PlayStation, there's a need for them to kind of revisit some of their first-person shooty, shooter properties? Shooty. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I, think, I think there is. I, I, I don't know that Resistance is going to be the answer to that necessarily. I forgot yeah. about that. Please. Yeah. Um, I think I... <laughs> Am I completely conflating two stories, or did I hear that like this game could be like a multiplayer game, like that they were hiring up for multiplayer? Because obviously that would tie into the Sony strategy. Of, I also saw that, yeah, too. So I mean, it could be a multiplayer game, sort of. It's kind of for me would rule out a Sunset Overdrive game, which I would love because, yeah. like, as everyone's alluded to, that's kind of the crown jewel of the Xbox One sort of generation that we had, aside from maybe Quantum Break, um, Re- Resistance. You know, it had multiplayer, but it didn't really scratch that itch or, you know, hit the spot at all. So it wasn't Fuse exclusively multiplayer. Wasn't that like a four player? I don't even know what Fuse is. So (laughs) that that says everything. I don't think many people remember Fuse. (laughs) So, um, yeah, look, I don't know. You'll, you'll hear people saying, Oh, they could do like a multiplayer Spider-Man game, but I don't know if that's necessarily what I want from Spider-Man with Insomniac. Uh, have there been, have have there been ratchet multiplayer games? Like, yeah, they're all pretty horrible. thing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gladiator was like a cooperative sort of thing. Again. I can't wait for the fruits of this PlayStation multiplayer strategy to bear because uh, <laughs> I think we are, we're in for some treats. But um, I think it's going to be really rocky for a little while, if I'm honest. Yeah. So look, of the of the selection of the uh, the back catalog, I would like to see a new Sunset Overdrive, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm curious. I'd still like Shannon's banging on about resistance for so long. Uh, I think you can only way you can really Famously. play them nowadays is digging out. Uh, a he won't shut up about and... that resistance. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot about it today though. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind replaying those or playing a new entry. It sounds like quite an interesting. They've had a yeah. I've honestly forgot about resistance and, and fuse. They've had a lot of games. Like I know you just think of, we think of them yeah. as like Ratchet and PS One, but yeah, they have tried a lot over the years. Some yeah. that has worked and some that hasn't. So that's cool. Hopefully they yeah. go back to that. 
And I think it's like quite interesting how um, both Insomniac and Naughty Dog kind of matured with the games that they put out. Like they kind of went from their sort of 3D mascot platformer period to Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank kind of operating at the same time. And then you kind of got like Uncharted and Resistance. And I kind of played Uncharted but never dabbled in Resistance. So I, I don't know. Insomniac, just really cool developers. Eager to see what they do next, whatever this unannounced game may be. Uh, James B. I'm coming to you next, though, because you've complained in the past about my lack of care for Mortal Kombat characters in the past, and I wanted to right that wrong, seeing as at Comic-Con, NetherRealm revealed six fighters coming to its Combat Pack 1 DLC, including what I thought was pretty interesting, Omni-Man from Invincible, Homelander from The Boys, and Peacemaker from DC's world. Um, How do you feel about the roster of characters coming to the game at this point? Uh, do you see how I feel like? Do you see how Ewan can only <laughs> bring up Mortal Kombat when it's bringing in other <laughs> franchises and stuff? He doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, cool. These aren't Thank Mortal you. Kombat well, characters. It's funny because I literally felt like it was the day before. I was like, I just don't care about Mortal Kombat characters, and then I was like, Oh, and you still do. do. You care about invincible <laughs> characters. J.K. Simmons is gonna voice Omni Man. Like, that all right, cool. Sorry, James. Please give us your give us the tea. <laughs> yeah, no, I um. This was obviously leaked the day that the game got revealed, and so, like, the surprise, I guess, wasn't there. Even if it didn't leak, I don't think I would be too excited. I've not got a lot of affinity for any of these franchises. Um, I recognize why they do guest characters. Like, guest characters have historically sold better than any of their other DLC characters. Mm. So, of course, they're going to keep doing it. And obviously now, Warner Brothers, the way that they do things, they just want their shit everywhere, like, all the time. (laughs) Um, So, like, it makes sense. Um, I, yeah, oh, I, yeah, I don't know what you well, want. How, how is <laughs> I don't the, care. the full roster like, now, I, I wish... like, expanded to be, I mean. The roster, yeah, so, like, if, if like, I don't, uh, I also hate that they've revealed the, the paid DLC characters before what's actually in the game, but <laughs> yeah. that's fine. Um, like, that really shits me, and but overall like the roster like, is. dribs and drabs as well, like, kind of very. Well, it always does. Like, they never reveal the full roster on day one for any fighting is it, game. But is it this but, um, slow? Usually? It's literally been the fastest it's ever oh. been. <laughs> I don't, I'm not keeping up for these yeah. fighting games. Well, maybe you should. Because <laughs> no, normally, like, a game will, like, this is the first time, like, like they've announced one that's got, like, two months to go. Um, so we're getting, like, really steady drops every two weeks, which is really cool. Um, and also helps a lot, because obviously their games leak a lot, so everything is kind of um, coming out before it can leak properly. Uh, but, yeah, like, so far, it's a really good roster. I think, like, if anybody... I think everybody who's played a Mortal Kombat game at some point will recognize somebody in this, in Mortal Kombat 1, because I think in the past they really focused on the first three games and bringing all those characters back. Um, whereas they're really pulling from, like, the PS2 era, which was, like, a terrible era, like, for the game. Like, it was the worst. It, like, bankrupted the company. But, like, those characters were still quite cool. So to br- actually bring those back and give them cool new stories, because I think that's the other thing. This is, like, a complete reboot in a lot of ways, and a lot of the stories have changed. So... Um, in a world of, this is like, like one of the worlds that has like the richest lore, I would say in any fighting game, which is why it does so well with movies, cartoons, everything else now too. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good announcement. I, I wish I could be excited for these guest characters though. (laughs) I really can't, but I mean, I think the way that NetherRealm 
treats the guest characters um fans of these these things will definitely be happy yeah. like they will they will put so much effort into it. like even just single punches looking like say frames from a comic book or something like they always do a really good job of paying good homage to those characters so yeah. i'm excited for those people to see those things happen and if it brings more people to mortal kombat if that's even possible, I f- given how big it is. I feel like the last game great, had like right? had such good DLC characters with like Joker and, and Robocop and Terminator and Rambo yeah. and whoever else. Well, MK, MKX was like all the horror, like the famous yeah, horror that's right. movie characters. And then um, MK11 was really going for the, the late 70s, early 80s kind of action heroes like Robocop, Rambo. Mm. They had Ash planned, but obviously that fell through, which is why Joker popped up. Um, but yeah, like overall, I think they always do a really good job. These kind of feel so like I'm keen to see your list of edgy anti-heroes or like kind of villainous, um, superheroes, I suppose. Like uh, it's such an interesting mix, but I can see it appealing to a particular kind of fan base. Um, yeah, well, people yeah. are going back now. There's, um, there's another leak that got everything right so far from years ago. Right or a year ago or something. Um, and the next, if, if that's true, season pass two will have doom slayer in it. So from like doom, yeah. um, which is like, obviously a really good fit. Um, Harley Quinn and this, I can't remember who the third one was. Um, but yeah, like they, they do a really good job of bringing guest characters to life. Even if I don't particularly like them mm. or know of them. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm well, keen cool. to see how it all shakes yeah. out. All right. I have a rapid fire question for you all. Now, and Kieran, I might start with you on oh, this. No. To celebrate the release of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, Xbox is giving away pizza-scented Xbox controllers. Uh, what, so, I was eager to ask you, what scent would you like your game controller to have? If you could pick a smell, what would it be? I, when I was going to Google this, I don't know what, I don't know what I thought I was going to Google to get an answer to this for you, but <laughs> I, I typed in what scent and the first thing that popped up was what scent attracts men and apparently it's vanilla. I feel like that's like, I don't know what that's indicative of, but I don't like that. Um, I think it, I think I would like the scent of like, like a really strong, like Listerine, like mint, like I, oh yeah, like j- not even like a joke answer, like genuinely I would, I would be sniffing that all day. Yeah. Brody, what about yourself? Um, ornamental pear. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. God damn it. Give me we- them cum trees. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I love that we I'll all only four. know what those trees are because of like we Googled them coming out of packs. Like, what are these trees that I just smell force Brody to like sniff it, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to build my tolerance up. <laughs> uh, shattered. I don't know how you're going to top that, but yeah, I don't have be? a funny answer. I'm, I would just say t- diet coke because it's in front of me. And I like it. <laughs> <laughs> just diet. Does coke have coke. a smell? Well, I guess it does. Vanilla I guess coke. A cola smell. Yeah. A cola. Yeah. Yeah, that makes vanilla sense. coke to attract men. Yeah, I was going to say paper <laughs> skate. <laughs> I was going to jokingly say like Lynx Africa or something. Oh god! But if it was, I was going to say Lynx <laughs> Africa. You can't <laughs> take that from me. I'm the guest. That's not fair. <laughs> I was going to say like I love the idea of um, like a natural wood controller. Like it, kind of wooden PCs have become like a trend at the moment. I kind of like the idea of you know having um, oak and rich like, mahogany. Kind of, 
Yeah, like surrounding your gaming setup, like very cozy gamer vibes and like plant life and stuff. And like a, a wood controller would be cool. Um, James W, you're saying Lynx Africa then? Or have you got, a, did you have oh, a backup you answer? It's all in <laughs> You wanted to cut him. You took the wind out of his sails. What are the, what are the Lynx flavors are there that you could, you could use? None of the others. Now, the chocolate that's, one. That's, the chocolate <laughs> one is horrific. Xbox, Xbox. Newsflash, yeah. they're all fucking I don't know shit. Link's just disgusting. Dupe. Yeah, dupe in the purple bottle. <laughs> uh, well, James B, you are probably the most expert person I know when it comes to scents and skincare and all that. So <laughs> I didn't know where that was going to I'm sure. <laughs> Oh, so the answer is going to be the best answer. What is what is it? No, nah, I was gonna, I was gonna piggyback off Kieran and say leather bound books and rich mahogany <laughs> yes. for anybody who has seen Anchorman. But I, do you know that they really need to do a like seven hundred dollar Tom Ford controller? <laughs> there we go. Scented with Decadent. oud. I would be down for. I that. reckon they would sell a boatload of those. I reckon that's the kind of thing to me, Xbox yes. controller aficionados <laughs> would get around. They could do this though. They should do something like this for like 4D, a 4D experience with games. Mm. What, like have like, some sort of emitter um, from it to like? Yeah, I don't know how. Like the Rumble Pack for the 64, but like it sprays <laughs> and sends. <laughs> <out. laughs> you yeah, chuck a in cut, the you get it like you get like a game and a cartridge with the game and that's loaded with the sense for the game and then the game I guess spits them at you like a skunk every time <laughs> something happens. I guess that'd be like, interesting like playing Call of Duty when you get like gas banged or something. You could just do there was there was V do you guys remember they did VR candles for the PS4? They did one for Fallout and one for Resi Seven? No, I do know. Remember that? Yeah, there was also there was that South Park VR demo thing that like made you smell farts or So you could like light this light this candle and it smelled like the swamp, so that when you're actually playing RE Seven, you feel like you're in the swamp. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So just I just want to evolve that that kind of concept, you know? Uh, Look, I'll be honest. When I put this in there as a rapid fire question today, I really didn't know what sort of reaction we were, I was going to get, but this this was great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's play What the Wiki Now, the Press Start Podcast Game Show, where the previous week's winner reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game, and the uh, contestants must guess the game. Had to look at my script. I fell off course. Um, a point is awarded for each correct guess, uh, and the round ends after one person scores two points. Last week, that was Shannon who made some moves coming up to third place. He's tied with me on 16. James just ahead with 18 points and Brody still in first place on 20. Kieran, you're in fourth on 15 points. And James W, nil poir, yet to enter the scoring. Hopefully he guesses <laughs> a game today. Granted, you've had very few appearances, so it's forgiven. Um, but Shannon, as last week's winner, you are today's host. When you're ready, take it away. It's going to be an interesting one. It always you, is. Do you have a list of seven games in case we go? No, I've got four <laughs> games, so okay. someone oh, no. act fast. <laughs> the game is a 1996 point-and-click adventure game and the first in the series, co-written and directed by Charles Cecil and developed by Revolution Software. The player assumes the role of George Stoddart, an American... Yes, Broadzilla. 
broken sword. Damn it. Do you have I, any more? I, I don't know the subtitle. <laughs> Does anyone feel like they're going to know the subtitle? or I think Kieran, Can Brody? Kieran said, damn it. I reckon he might know. It's. He does might. it have mirror in it? I'm not going to. Nah. <laughs> no. There's two technically, which I'll accept either. There's a US oh, and a UK. I'm tempted to just it, have a stab in the dark. <laughs> go for it. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm tempted. Okay, but... Brady's getting the point. <laughs> I think. I think it's that's broken yeah. sword. The shadow of the Templars or circle of blood. So well done, Brody. That's good job. Like Castlevania games. By you. Generous point. Very. Uh-uh. <laughs> no one was going to get it. I could have read 17 paragraphs and it wouldn't have. That is like whatever I have to do to read less. To get off this. Exactly. <laughs> the game is a 2007 platform game for the PlayStation Portable and PS2. Ewan. Brody. Ooh. Ewan. 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 You, uh, <laughs> no, I've already said my name. Oh. <laughs> Correct. Yes. It's Ewan. Uh, is this... Jack and Daxter, The no. Lost Frontier. Shit, fuck. <laughs> All right. I was... Sorry, Brody. Can I go? Oh, yeah. Go for it. it is it just Daxter? No. Ah. Kieran. Ewan. No, I can't. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to read anything. Yes, you are gonna. I'm just going to keep this train going. Is it Secret Agent Clank? It's not. It was going to be that. And then I changed it to something well, that's, else. I, I should get the point for that then. <laughs> okay, Brayden. Um, it's, it's the first title of the series on a PlayStation Portable. Developer company, developer, development company High Impact Games was spawned from the original series developer Insomniac. It follows a duo as they're interrupted from their vacation to search for a kidnapped girl and encounter a forgotten race known as the Technomites. That's the end of the paragraph. As with going commando in the first game, oh, space, you and space, yes, you and. Oh wait, no, fuck. Sorry, I'd, I'd forgotten this existed too, but I really had my hedge bets on you, Hewitt. It was my you and game in the lineup. Uh, is no, I'm, not, I'm Ratchet and Clank all for one. Is it? Did that come to both? No, no, it shit. didn't. No, that was. Space combat is present, however, this time the player controls, I'm just going to say it at this point, giant clank rather than a ship. Also, there are arena battles, but this time the player plays as clank in a variety of vehicles. Clank obviously returns as a playable character and is again able to control a set of gadgets, smaller robots which can perform certain tasks for him. Mm. The fact that this came to both... The PSP and Ke- the PSP. Can I, Kieran? Is it James? Oh, oh. no, yes. you go, James. I've already had a guess. Is it Ratchet Gladiator? It's not. Is it a lot of Ratchet? Is it? Like, is it Deadlocked? There it is, yeah. <laughs> it's. <laughs> it's not Deadlocked. Damn it. I'm gonna read this bit oh, wait, again. No, everybody, wait, just, Deadlocked and Gladiator the ev- same game. Is everybody, be listening. However, this time the player controls Giant Clank rather than a ship. There's no game called Ratchet and Clank Giant Clank. Of all the games, this was the one that I was confident in. So good luck. You're gonna have to give us more of a hint. I don't know what I don't know what else to say. There's nothing. What does it rhyme with? (laughs) Clank, big old clank. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! I know it! I know it! I know it! It's size matters. Oh please! 
Yes, yes, it is Size Matters. Well done. Oh, thank you. I have no recollection of that game whatsoever. So, no. Oh, to go back now that to. you mention it now, though. Sorry to yell, but it had to happen eventually. Yeah. It must have been before. Or was Secret Agent Clank Vita? Anyway, I can't remember. I think, I don't know. Next game. I should have just been trying to think as much innuendo as I could. Right. <laughs> well done, Kieran. Oh, which one? <laughs> Brody and Kieran with the points so far. The game is a motorcycle racing game by EA in which the player participates in violent, illegal street races. Brody. Nah. Road Rash. <laughs> it is Road <laughs> Rash. Damn it. Well done, Brody. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> Good job. I'll take it. Is that it? That's it. That's the end. Well done, Brody. Um, so, yeah, definitely extended the lead there, Brody. Out to four points now. That's uh, not bad. Hey. That's quite an achievement. <laughs> Double um, points, I heads, feel. Heads, <laughs> <laughs> five months ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Kieran has tied with uh, myself and Shannon in third place then on 16 points. So, James so, W. still spicy. on nil oh, Disappointed. I would just like to say I'm a master of consistency. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know my place. I don't know anything about the games you guys enjoy it's good you know i just i get it now no one enjoys road rash i reckon we all need to go back and play ratchet and clank size matters after this as well no maybe no okay I'm good. hopefully it's a remake with that let's bring an end to what was this week's episode of the press start podcast subscribe to us on the pe- the on listener or the podcast service of your choice follow us at press.au and the site at press.com.au uh we've been joined today by shannon Yes, you can follow me at Shannon Grixty everywhere. Here? On X. On <laughs> oh, X. God, yeah. On, uh, Zeke yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's... Um, no, I'll be along. Um, <laughs> it's flying shit off my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Zeke. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran, um, where can we find you? Yep, H A S H underscore B R A U N. Don't zeat me, please. <laughs> Don't also joining us today was Brody. Uh, thank you. You can follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG. James W with his preview of Armored Core Six. Uh, OMG, more James anywhere. And last but not least, James B. Yeah, you can find me on. Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it <laughs> at, at Jams A T J A M Z. I love that you could like listen back to the the kind of podcast episodes yeah, for like yeah, the last six yeah. months and just track the, <laughs> the demise of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I've been your host, you and Roxburgh. You could follow me on I'm going to call it Twitter at you and underscore Roxburgh. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, happy gaming. Bye. Bye. Bye.